It's going to be a great night. We have had such a great week uh, this week, starting off with Boomfest and then with Boom Week and uh, Evangelist Stephen Hurlbert, who's uh, been with us all week. What a blessing. Has anybody been blessed? Yeah. Anybody been touched by God? Yeah. And you're going to be touched tonight too. Your life can go to a higher level tonight. The question is, are you ready? Do you want things to change? Do you want things to get better? If you want things to get better, they can. All you have to do is just say, Lord, I want things to change. I get an expectation tonight and things are going to get better. I'm not going to leave here the same way that I came. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. That's all it is. When you start putting your hope and your expectation in God, you get serious with God, God will get serious with you. And I've found this, that when I need the Lord and I just turn to Him and I'm saying, I'm walking through life, I'm like, oh man, I need Jesus. I can't do this the way I've been doing it. I turn around and I get serious with God. He's sitting there waiting on me. He loves you. He's got great plans for you. And He wants to pour out in your life tonight. This week we've seen healings, instantaneous healings. We've seen the filling of the Holy Ghost. We've seen the joy of the Lord come in. We've seen lives change. We've seen incomes go up. We've seen the power of God be released all throughout this week. And we're not over. Tonight is your night. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Tonight's my night. night. Glory to God. Glory to God. So... Well, we're going to do the uh, offering, and uh, if you have an envelope, just raise it up. Raise up your envelope. Amen. And if you don't have one, just raise your hand, and the ushers will get one to you. It's important that you have one. Even if you're new and you didn't uh, come prepared to give, you can give just this envelope back to the church, and you can say, you know what? Hey, I'm going to jumpstart some finances tonight. Amen. Glory to God. So if you need one, keep your hand raised, and uh, let's jump into our tithes and offering. Hallelujah. Everything, you may not know this, I don't know. How many people, this is your first, your first time here this week? Raise your hand if it's your first time here. All right, praise God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is, if you've been looking for a family, here's something, here's why we did this week. We believe in Albemarle, we believe in Stanley County, and we believe in the people here. And we want to love on the people. We want to serve the people with the love of God. And so what what did we do about it? We had a great fun day for kids and adults. If you weren't here on Saturday, you missed that giant hamster balls and the guys crashing into each other trying to race. Uh, We had kids in the bounce houses. We had cotton candy and hot dogs and popcorn and giveaways. We gave away that day an Xbox and hundreds of dollars to uh, just loving on people, showing them the love of God. And it's continued. We've now given away this week two Xboxes, three sets of AirPods, toys for the kids every single night, hundreds, well, thousands of dollars at this point. We're giving it away. Why? Because we love you. A lot of people, they will just say, hey, yeah, we love Jesus, but they don't put their money where their mouth is. Look, we love you, and we're doing something about it. But we're also getting you the tools spiritually so that you can go to another level. Many people I've found is like they just want somebody to believe in them. Like, 
Will you believe in me? Is there somebody out there that will just say, look, you've got some potential in your life and I believe in you. If you're looking for a place like that, you've found it, right? In Boomerang, this is a family that will bless you. And you've got another pastor. Will y'all stand up, Pastor Brian and Carissa Johnson? Perfecting life. Glory to God. Give them a hand. These guys got an awesome church. If, if you know where um, Pancho Villa is, uh, the Mexican restaurant over by the skating rink, they have a church right beside that. If you're looking, if you live on that side of town, you're looking for a family, go check them out. But between the two, I don't, I don't see any other pastors in the town here, but between the two, you've found a place that believes in you, will take you by the hand and walk with you and be a family to you. You've found a family. If you, if you go to Boomerang, you've found, or you've been here, or been visiting, even if you've been visiting this week, and you've found that the people here are loving on you and supportive of you and care about you already. Will you just raise your hand? Show what, what God has done. Look, Boomerang, I, the guys that go to Boomerang too, not just the visitors. <laughs> I'm like looking at my Boomerang family and they're like, oh. <laughs> so if you go here too, amen. So anyway, you see, raise your hand again. Thank you, guys. What you found, what you, <laughs> Johnny. What you find is a place that loves you, cares about you, and they have your best in mind. If you're looking for a place, that's part of the reason why we had this week. Later on this week, on Sunday, we're going to have a baptism service. And you can sign up for that. Yeah, glory to God. We got like 20 people to baptize right now. It's going to be awesome. If you would like, if you've never been baptized, Jesus says that once you come to know him, you should be baptized. It's a command. You should be baptized. If you've been baptized before, but something has happened, and you have turned the page, you have turned the chapter, and I need to get baptized to show my new commitment to Christ, put your name down. We can talk about that. Out on the counter is a sign-up sheet. Sunday is going to be an awesome, awesome day. Amen. Will you give me a little bit more volume on that, Sherman? Thank you. All right, now, if you are, if you're here... And uh, you don't know, you can make out a check to Boomerang Church. All of this tonight, every offering is going to go uh, to Evangelist Stephen. If you don't know, God is sending him around the world. He's sending him, he's putting him in touch uh, with leaders of nations, uh, strong spiritual leaders all around the world. And when you sow, you're sowing into the kingdom of God because everywhere he goes, he's going to preach the gospel. If you're online, you're watching us online, you can go to givebc.org, like Give Boomerang Church, givebc.org, and you can give there. We've been talking this week about the importance of knowing that God wants you blessed. If you don't know that God wants you blessed, then will you put any faith in it? No. In order to believe on something, you've got to come to know that it's true. But if you've heard preaching, the Word says, the Bible says, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that means the Word preached. So this week what we've done is we have preached about the goodness of God and how God wants you blessed. He says, Beloved, above all things... I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The Bible says that God has given you the power to get wealth, 
to establish his covenant. He wants to show that he has a covenant of his love with each and every one of us. And how does he show it? By giving you the power to get wealth. And he will show you how to do that. I told a testimony last night of how we lived in a house that we loved to call the ugly house, right? Weeds growing up through. I could see ground in between the floor and the wall. I could see the dirt out there and not just in one spot. It was like across the whole wall. And uh, weeds in there. There was mice all over the place. That's where we used to live. And in 2005, we moved up here. God blessed us. But he did it because we learned that God is a rewarder. Say this with me. We said it last night. God is watching. God watches. watches. And God rewards. rewards. My wife and I, Nicole, started to learn that God was a rewarder and He wanted us blessed. We had believed that He didn't necessarily want us blessed, but we got with some folks that said, you know what, here's what the Bible says. We learned that God wanted us blessed and we started reacting and responding in faith towards that and our life completely changed. Now, did he do that just because I was, I wasn't, we weren't a pastor then. Did he, did he do that because I was going to be a pastor? No, he did that because we put faith in what he said. These promises are for anybody that will grab a hold of them. And then he makes this promise. He says this, All of my promises are yes and amen. Amen, you know, we say it at the end of the prayer, but it literally means something. It means whatever I just said, amen. So be it. In other words, whatever I just said in my prayer, Lord, bring it to pass. And God said, my promises, every single one of them, are yes, this is God talking, yes, and so be it. So be it. The same power that created the universe when he said, let there be light. When he says, my promises are yes and amen, yes and so be it. He's speaking with the same power that he created the universe with. And if you find a promise in here based on his word, and I will believe on it, I can see that power go to work. So Nicole and I, we saw that he wanted that. And all of a sudden we started putting faith towards that. And God said, so be it. And he flipped those finances around and then just started, the blessings started piling up. And I'm telling you, if you go into the blessings of God, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. At first it was like we'd go along in life and there'd be a blessing. We'd be like, glory to God, amen. Then we'd go along a little bit further and there'd be a couple of blessings. We're like, whoa, two blessings, glory to God. And then we go along in life and there'd be like three blessings. And we were like, wow, they'd be awesome, right? All of a sudden, the blessings of God started to pile up. And then it was like, man, that's a blessing. This is a blessing. Everywhere is a blessing. Glory to God. Why? Because God is a blesser. God watches. Say it. God watches. God rewards. Let me show you this. He watches what we do. He watches what we do. He watches to see if we'll be obedient to what he's told us to do. He watches. He watches. So we talked about last night. Do you ever remember the story about Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel both gave an offering. 
But God was watching that offering. One of them gave him an offering and, and he brought it up there, but his heart wasn't where it needed to be. He wasn't given in faith and love to God, and one of them was. And God says, look, this one is not a good offering. This one is. Why? Because their heart. It wasn't the amount. It wasn't necessarily what they brought. It was their heart as they gave. God watches. Say it. God watches. God watches. God watches. Look, look at this. Over in uh, Malachi 3.8, you probably heard this uh, preached before. It says, will a man rob God? And God says, yet you're robbing me. You say, how are we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. How does he know that you, we've robbed him, that we've held back what we should have gave? How does he know that? Say it with me. God's watching. It's important what we do. It's important how we respond. God watches. Look over here. You know, I'll, just, I'll just tell these to you. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 and 7 says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Or in other words, if you give a little, he says, they're going to reap a little. They're going to harvest a little. But he says, he who sows bountifully or gives a lot, they're going to reap a lot, right? Then he says this, each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Just as he's purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion or under force or under emotional pull. Like tonight when I'm getting up here, why am I talking about the offering? Am I talking about it to get you to give more? No, I'm wanting you to give obediently because God's watching. And if you'll give obediently and with a good heart, everything in your life can change. We have all of our needs met here. We have all of our needs met. We're not in debt. We don't have any financial problems. The needs are met. It's not that we need an offering. It's the question is, will you be obedient to what God wants you to do? Because in obedience comes the blessing of God. Because God's watching and God rewards. Can you see that? So the question is, and then he says, God loves a cheerful giver. How does he know when somebody's robbing them? How does he know when we're giving cheerfully? Because God's watching. It's important. It's not, do you think God needs your money? I mean, all he did was say, like, planets be and planets were. He does, you know, he could say, planet of gold be. And he'd be like, here, I'll just take this big old planet of gold and, and drop it. He doesn't need our money. God can create anything he needs. Why would he have us to give? Because there's something in giving that blesses us. He opens up an opportunity like this to give because he says, if they will trust me and they will give the way, if they'll be like me for God so loved that he gave, if they'll put on love, if they'll put God on and be like me, it's actually an opportunity for them to increase because what they give goes and it plants into the spiritual ground and it brings up a harvest. And he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. God loves a cheerful giver. He's watching. And he's saying, look, I opened up giving. Watch this. Who's the God of this world? 
God's the God of this world? Is that what the Bible says? <laughs> what'd, she, what'd she say? <laughs> God said this. He said, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord. But the earth he's given to the sons of men. So the earth was given to mankind. So Adam had the earth, but who did Adam give the earth to? He gave it to the devil. And the word says, even in the New Testament, it says the God of this world, the devil. He's the God of this world. So what we're living in right now is a corrupted world. We are, if you could see it in military terms, we are behind enemy lines, right? Well, is it easy to get supplies past the enemy lines? Not generally because there's a line there. God said, here's what I'm going to do. I know that it'll be enemy lines. And I'm going to go down and beat the devil. But I'm going to have my, the body of Christ, the people who know me. I'm going to turn them into the salt and the light. I'm going to turn them into the hands and the feet of Christ, the body of Christ. They're going to be behind enemy lines, but I'm going to put a concept. I'm going to put a law in place so that I can get stuff past the enemy lines. And here's what he did over in Genesis 8, 22. It says this, as long as the earth remains, God made this promise. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will remain. As long as the earth remains. So he put a law into the earth that would never end. And he said, here's what my people can do. They might be behind enemy lines, but if they start to plant something, he said, I've already set a law in the earth. It will come up and it will produce a harvest. And so when he starts getting us to give, what's happening is he's saying, I'm going to give you a way to go around the enemy. I'm going to give you a way to legally have a harvest right in the middle of a famine. I'm going to give you a way to have a harvest behind enemy lines. I'm going to give my people away. And he does that through tithes and offering. But you know, when you start talking about money in church, most people are like, oh man, just let, let it Stephen preach. Come on, get that pastor out of there. We don't want to hear about money anymore. You don't realize what's actually happening. He's saying, look, hey, here's an opportunity for you to give with a cheerful heart and produce a harvest right behind the enemy lines, right under the devil's nose. Stuff it in his face. Does it have to be a lot? No, no. Say this, God's watching, God's watching. and God rewards. God rewards. I talked last night about this story. Jesus was sitting down by the offering box and he was watching what people put in there. You know, one time I went to a service and I was preaching there and here's what the pastor did. The pastor, everybody gave an offering and then the pastor went that, bring, bring the basket here. And then the pastor went like this. Okay, that's enough. All right. And I was like, ah, no way. I was like, man. And then I saw him one time do this. Nope, that's not enough. Pass the basket again. And I was like, man. And at first, like, it offended me because I'd never seen that done before. But guess what Jesus was doing? He was watching, like, okay, that was a good one. Mm-hmm, okay, that was mm, not so good. And then he was, oh, and then this lady came up, and she had two copper coins, two mites. 
And she dropped them in there. And, and Jesus said, that lady right there, she gave more than everybody else. Because she gave with her heart. She gave with her heart. See, we've got to recognize that this is an opportunity to receive the blessing of God right in the middle of enemy territory. Every time you have tithes and offerings, it's so important. And watch this. God watches and God rewards. God was watching that lady. God rewards. Hebrews 11.6 says, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Watch this. Philippians 4. Have you ever heard this verse? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Anybody ever heard that verse? Anybody like that verse? Do you know what he's talking about? An offering. Watch this. Anybody heard this verse? Verse 19. Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all my need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Anybody ever heard that verse before? How many people like that verse? My God will supply all my needs. Have you ever read the verses before and after it? You know what it's talking about? He's saying... These people, these Philippians, they brought him an offering. And he's saying, the same God, he was making a promise, not not just to everybody, but to the Philippians. Because you took the opportunity to further the good news of Jesus Christ, the same God that supplies my needs, there's Apostle Paul talking, the same God that supplies my needs, he will supply all your need. It was based on an offering. God watches And God rewards. And he was rewarding them. You look at this over in Luke. Luke chapter 7. You can go and read this later. There was a centurion. And he had been given offerings to the church. All of a sudden he had a a servant. The servant was sick and dying. And all of a sudden right here. But notice that the Bible didn't just say he had faith. The first thing the Bible said about it was he said he he was a giver. It brought it right up at the beginning of the story. He was a giver. Why did it put that in there? Because God's watching and God rewards. He runs into Jesus. Jesus says, and the people say, hey, this man is a giver. Jesus says, look, go back and she'll be healed. And the servant was healed that, that hour. In Acts chapter 10, there was a guy named Cornelius. He wasn't even like a Christian. He wasn't born again, but he had been given an offering. And all of a sudden it says this. It says, an angel appears before him and says, your alms or your offerings have come up before God. God was watching. You know what happened? The sin, that Cornelius' whole household came and was born again. Salvation came to his whole house. They were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because God's watching and God rewards. He brought salvation. How many people, if I could pray one thing right now, if, think about it, if I could pray one thing and it absolutely would happen in your life, in your home, in your family, what would, think about it, what would that thing be? Does anybody have something like, if I could have one thing right now, it'd be this. Anybody got something? What happened to Cornelius is exactly that. I need solutions. I need saving in these areas. All of a sudden he says, Cornelius, your offerings have come up before the Lord. 
and I'm coming to your house and I'm bringing the solution that you need. God watches and God rewards. Listen to this last verse. Let's put it on the screen. Hebrews 6.10 in the Amplified. Hear this. For God is not unrighteous to forget or overlook your labor and the love which you have shown for his namesake in ministering to the needs of the saints, his consecrated people, as you still do. God has not forgotten and he will not overlook the love and the things that you sow into the kingdom. He won't do it. I'll read this verse to you. Psalm 50, 23. This is the CEV translation. You don't have to put it up. It says, The sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. Obey me, and I, your God, will show you my power to save. What is God saying? He says, look, if you will listen to me and you will trust me and become a giver, he said, I will bring whatever you need saving from into your house. I will save you. What you need saving from, if you need healing in your body, if you will learn to hear me and be obedient, I will bring it to your house. Just like he brought it to Cornelius' house, just like he brought it to the centurion's house, just like he brought it all over the world. If you will hear me and obey, he said, salvation will come to your house. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand on your feet. And I want you to hold up your envelope. Now, even if you didn't come prepared to give tonight, here's what you have in your hand. Some of you may be new, and you might not have been prepared to give. But hold up your envelope, the one that you've been given. Because that right there, we are giving that envelope to you. It might not be worth anything to you, but it is worth something to us. You can take that envelope and you can say, Lord, I need my finances jump-started. i got to start something off. I, did, I wasn't prepared to give tonight, but now I've got something to give. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. And Lord, I want my finances to be what they should be. And you walk right up here with that envelope and you put it in with a cheerful heart and God can jump-start your finances just like that. So everybody in here can walk up, throw something in there, and everything can start to turn around just like it happened for my wife and I. How many people right now, just close your eyes lifting up that envelope. Right now, Lord, I could use some help in some different areas. I could use something in this area. I could use something in that area. I could use some things. I could use some salvation. If that's you, I want you to think about it right now. And the Bible makes you this promise that if I will be obedient, to what he's told me to do, he will bring saving to your house. So as you walk up here tonight and you give what the Lord has told you to give, know that right now that salvation starts to come to you. The question is, is 
your heart at that place. Lord, as I bring this offering up tonight, I'm bringing it in an obedient and a cheerful heart. I'm bringing this offering envelope up here with whatever you want me to have in it. I'm going to give to further this kingdom, to further the gospel, to send that gospel all around the world. I'm going to send it. Lord, I see you. I hear you. I'm obedient to you. And I'm expecting because I've heard and I know that you are a rewarder and that you are the one who will set me free. You're the one who will bring the salvation. You'll bring the healing. You'll bring the finances. You will turn things around for me. If you believe that, let your amen be the loudest. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. Lord, let it be multiplied. Let it be brought back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. Amen. You may bring your offering up.
is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Go ahead and stand to your feet and lift your hands. Father, I thank you for every life that's come here tonight. The ones that have come all week long and the ones that are here for the first time tonight. I ask you in the mighty name of your son Jesus on this final night of Boom Revival. Don't let one person leave here the way they came. Father, if they're needing a miracle or a healing, do it for them in Jesus' name. If they need deliverance, Father, I thank you that their freedom has come tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, if they need a financial breakthrough, I pray that they receive it tonight. Father, prepare every ear to hear and every heart to receive your word tonight. 
Lord, stir up their hunger even now. Let faith arise in the people tonight to receive a touch from you. An impartation from heaven, Lord, that can change their situation. That can change their style of life. That can change their level in the spirit. That can prepare them for a successful life against every obstacle of the enemy he might bring. Father, I thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Do it tonight, Lord. Lord, let there be a powerful anointing. In Jesus' wonderful name, anoint your word. And if you believe it and receive it, go ahead and let out a shout that you ain't let out in a while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you thought it was just a test, but like, is it now? It's like, yeah. Amen. Christian, get ready to receive tonight. You were the first. Amen. Are you happy to be here tonight? Amen. This is the final night. Tonight's my night. Go ahead and say it. Turn to your neighbor. Say, tonight is my night. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, tonight's my night. Get your own night. Hallelujah. Go ahead and shake two hands and then go ahead and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Man, who is here for the first time tonight? Go ahead and wave your hand at me. Man, I'm telling you, you are in for a treat tonight. I'm glad you came. Welcome tonight. Man, it's been powerful all week long. The, every service has been different, hasn't it? It's been amazing what God has, has been doing, the testimonies that have been coming forth. Josh, it's good to see you, man. Man, I'm telling you, I'm excited for tonight. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about something that's really dear and close to my heart. I'm going to be talking about impartation and the anointing. So important. My life, my life changed when I encountered men that carried something different. Amen? And tonight, your life is going to change. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Man, it's been fun. It has been fun. Who's been touched in the service or received something from the Lord so far? Go ahead and wave your hand. Wow. That's amazing. And for y'all that are here tonight, man, look around. I'm telling you, God has something special for you tonight. Amen? But we've kind of had a theme all week. And the scripture I had for the week was Matthew 5 and verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Pastor Brian and I, we always, I mean, we stay up super late just talking the word. Of course, I've kind of noticed, like when you preach, the anointing will come on you sometimes. You really just can't go to sleep. And it's not the caffeine. It, um, it just keeps you awake. So we'll just get to talking. And last night, we kinda, he kind of broke down uh, a scripture to me. It was Matthew 5, 6, and we were talking about it. And he broke down a couple of the words in it. Man, it just struck me. I was like, man, I was like, that is awesome. He broke down hunger and thirst. So hunger is to crave, and thirst is to like, stalk like a lion. Seek, seek like a predator after its food. That's powerful if you think about it. That's so, that's intense. It's like a lion stalking a gazelle, sneaking through the grass, just whatever it's doing. Its whole day, its whole life is devoted to getting that thing. 
get its claws right around it, sink those teeth into that juicy... No, kidding. But that's what it's like. To hunger and thirst, crave and stalk like a predator after its food. Then the word filled literally means gorged. Have you ever seen those National Geographic videos where the lion actually gets the gazelle? I know it's pretty graphic, but I actually kind of like watching that, like the Planet Earth series. Man, it's so phenomenal because literally you can just watch that thing, and I just see God in every part of creation. But they'll have those lions on there, and they will eat so much that their bellies swell. They gorge themselves until they literally can't even eat anymore to where all they can do is just lay down. And they have to wait and digest some of the food. But they can go days and days and days just on that one meal because they gorge themselves. So when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're like a lion that is seeking its prey. And then when you finally receive the reward and capture that prey, you get to gorge yourself until you are overflowing, until you can't even be filled anymore. That's powerful, ain't it? Tonight, get hungry. Get thirsty. There's more for you. You might have had a touch already so far this week, but God has even more for you tonight. Amen? Amen. We can't put God in a box. We can't settle either. Stay expectant. Remember, I said this. If you're casually expectant, you'll never receive anything. You have to be earnestly expecting to receive something. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and dive right into it because I have a lot to give to you tonight. But are you ready? Who's ready to receive something from the Lord? Amen. I'm talking about impartation, but I'm going to go ahead and throw some scripture out at you. Just so you won't be able to leave here and say, man, that preacher never opened his Bible. Go ahead and turn to Hebrews. Chapter 13. Verse 8. This is good. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did something, which, which is awesome. So it literally means that this. If he did something... For a man or a woman, anywhere in history, that means he will do it for you today. And it means he'll do it for you tomorrow. He is the same. So if he moved in someone's situation, if there was a mother that was in a desperate situation and God moved in, literally moved and changed everything around for her good, that means he will do it for you. If there was a man that got hungry and desperate for God and needed him and God came down and touched him and moved, that means he'll do it for you. He is not, there's no favorites with God. Amen? He moves by hunger and thirst. He's moved by faith. Amen? I believe God's going to do something great tonight. Go ahead and turn over to 2 Kings chapter 2. Kind of the, the title is 
impartation. Why do I need it? What does it do? And what is it for? So 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord would take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. And Elisha said unto Elisha, Tarry there, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So Elisha was Elijah's right-hand guy. And he told him, Stay here, i got to go over here. And Elisha was so committed. No, I'm going with you. I don't care what you say. I'm going with you. I'm bound to you. I'm not going to leave your side. So he said, as the Lord liveth, my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elijah and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yeah, I know it. Hold thy peace. I find this very funny because it says the sons of the prophet, the prophets, there was other prophets in the land. And they came to him. They said, don't you know that he's going to be taken away today? He said, yeah, I know it. Shut up. That's what he told him. Did those other prophets that knew God was about to take away Elijah, did they say, man, we're coming with you? we got to see this guy. He's, he's like the main dude, and God's about to come down and take him up to heaven. I want to be there. No, they didn't say that. They just said, man, don't you know? Why are you going with him? He's about to go. Why waste the time? Is that hungering and seeking and thirsting? No. They weren't hungry. They thought they arrived just because they could know. I know some of the word. I already heard this before. I don't need it. But you can, you can continue. I, oh, I remember when I was like you. I remember when I first got saved. Man, that's so cute. I was so hungry and thirsty for the word. I remember when I would read my Bible until the sun would come up. Man. But it's okay. Let life hit you. You'll be like me one day. I've had someone say that to me before. Oh, man, I remember when I was so excited for God that I just wanted to go tell everybody. And then I realized, man, they're not going to listen. No! I said, don't. I, I was respectful to him. But when I left there, I said, Lord, don't ever let me be like them. Don't ever let me settle and become stale. That I lose my hunger, my passion, my desire, my love for you. And I know that you're the same way because you're here on Wednesday night. And almost every here, everybody here has been here every single night. So you know what that tells me? God's about to do something tonight. Yeah. Get ready. Yes. So verse 4. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophet that were at Jericho, <laughs> we're starting to see a pattern here, came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? You know what he said? He answered, Yeah, shut up. 
I know it. Hold your peace. And Elisha said, so it's more than just one church. It affects many people. That complacency to just draw back. Yeah, I've learned enough. The Lord started to bless me some. Yeah, I'm just going to settle. I'm at a good place. I don't need anything more from the Lord. Or you hear this religious quote. Yep, Lord, I just want you. I don't need anything from you. I'm not seeking you for your blessings or anything. All I need is you. I'm good. Don't need anything else. That false humility. Get out of here. Jesus said, do business until I come. That's what the word says. Elisha said, verse 6, and Elijah said unto him, tarry, I pray thee, here. He said, stay here. Elisha was smart. He said, I ain't staying with these lukewarm people. I ain't staying with these people that ain't hungry for you. I'm going with you. I look at them, and I don't see any miracles happening from their life. They can speak to me with words, but you got the power. I'm going with you. For the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood to view afar off. Afar off. Those religious people, they'll come around just to see what's going on. Man, I wonder... Is it really working for him? Is it still working for him? Nah, I didn't think so. I knew it. Yep. He'll give up eventually. Yeah, they'll burn out. They'll be just like me. No. You will not be like those religious people because you are here on this night, the last night of the revival. You've been here every single night. You're not going to be like them. You've already showed God your hunger and thirst. Keep that hunger and thirst and keep moving forward and you will always increase every day of your life. Amen? If you believe it, go ahead and say, I will, I will increase. I about started talking in tongues there for a second, but then I realized they're not going to be able to interpret, so I'll just go ahead and keep it English. Hallelujah. So 50 of them, and they stood afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took, so Elijah and Elisha stood by Jordan, and Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. I would just break that down in normal English from one side to the other. <laughs> so they, so that they too went over on dry ground. That's a miracle right there. I've never seen somebody take their jacket off and slap a creek and that creek go, get out of the way. Like he spanked the water, said, move, like a dog. You're getting it out of your way. Say, get, and the water just moves out of your way so you can walk across on dry ground. Man, happens three times in the Bible. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, 
It shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass that as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. So they came down, they're walking side by side, and the chariots and horses split them, and Elijah was pushed to one side. Man. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, and he ripped them into two pieces. He said, your clothes represented who you were back, back in the day. Like even like homeless and stuff, they would have a, a special garment that they would wear. So he ripped his clothes. He ripped off who he was and what represented him and threw it to the side. And check out what he did. And rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took that mantle there of Elijah. And he's stark naked. Standing there. Holding this mantle. Like a crazy man. That's what religious people will think you are. They will think you're crazy for going after God like you're going. Why do they got to go to those meetings so much? They already been three times this week. They going again? Man, what do they do? They just sit in those pews and somebody shouts at them the whole time? I don't get it. I don't need that. I can just stay at home and watch right online. Why do I got to be there? It said the sons of the prophets stood afar off. So if you're still here in the Albemarle area, you can still get here. Don't be afar off. Go ahead and come. Draw nigh unto me, the Lord says, and I will draw nigh unto you. He took the mantle that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle thereof, Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The Spirit of Elijah doth rest upon Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Wow. That is powerful. Said the spirit of Elijah rested upon Elisha. And I keep reading and it doesn't say anywhere that all the men that were watching afar off received anything that's a key go ahead and turn over with me to numbers chapter 27 I'm going to start in verse 18 I'm going to go ahead and read I have a lot of scripture to read to you And the Lord said unto Moses, but I know you guys are like me and you don't mind hearing the word of God. Amen. Amen. That's why you came. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun. The first person without a father in the Bible. It's a religious joke. They tell it in Bible school because it's like none in you in, but like no, none. You'll get it when you go home. Don't worry. You'll be driving home. Oh, I get it. The son of none. Man, impartation is a terrible thing. Been hanging around Pastor Nicole too much. <laughs> Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thy hand upon him, and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him a charge in their sight. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. At his word shalt they go out, and at his word they shall come in both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. There's something about when hands are laid upon you, something changes in your life. You're not just getting some big sweaty hand laid upon your head and nothing happens. No, there is something that transfers through that hand into this head. I'm telling you, I've experienced it. Turn over with me to Deuteronomy chapter 34. It's the next book over. As the song goes... Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Hey, we got some people went to Bible, uh, Sunday school in here. Impact. Hey. Chapter 34. It's the last chapter. Verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hand... Upon him and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. We saw Elisha when he received the anointing and impartation from Elijah. It says all the other sons of the prophet which knew what was going on. They came and they bowed before him. They listened to him. Then it says Joshua received from Moses, and then it says all the congregation came, and they hearkened. They listened to him. Man, impartation changes your authority. It changes your level. Amen? It changes how you walk. changes how you talk. changes how people look at you. They're like, man, there's just something different about that guy. And it's not just because you're a little off. Well, I, I don't know everybody in here, but... It's a joke. It's because you're carrying something. You're carrying something. Turn over 
One page, should be. Joshua chapter 1. Let's see what happened. And what you receive when you receive impartation. What it's for. So we're talking about impartation, the anointing. Why do we need it? What is it for? What do we get when we receive it? About to tell you. Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them. There's an inheritance that comes with impartation. Even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. As I said unto Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall be no man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. No man can stand before you. That should be such a great confidence booster knowing that no man shall be able to be successful when they challenge or oppose you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. When you receive an impartation, when you receive the anointing of the Lord, God himself says, I will not fail thee. Thee, and I will not forsake thee. That is a promise. Listen to what the Lord tells him. Now that you receive the anointing, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Here he says it again, verse 7. Only be strong. There's no option. Now that you receive the anointing of God, is it even an option to get fearful? Is it an option to doubt? No. God himself said it. said, be strong. Only be strong. I'm reminded, there's another, uh, the Lord gave me a message talking about be. What happens when the Lord says be? There's no option. When God created the heavens and the earth, he said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Light didn't say, ah, I'll think about it, maybe tomorrow. No, there was. Same be. Only be strong. Another part of scripture. God says, be holy. No option. If God tells you to do something, you are. It's who you are. Don't resist it. Yield and receive what God has already commanded you to be. And tonight, I believe people are receiving that, and they are going to step into what God is commanding them to be tonight. Amen? 
three people. That's great. I'm kidding. I know you're hungry. You're listening intently. I feel your hunger. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe and to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whether soever thou goest. The anointing will make you prosper. The Bible says whatever. I'm not talking about offering right now. We took an offering. The anointing will make you prosper. Whatever it says, Moses laid his hands. It's something in the hands. Jesus took nails in his hands. There's something in the hands that is released. Whatever you put your hand to, whatever you put your hand to, whatever, whatever, Whatever. What does that mean? So if you went and started a business, what would happen? It'd prosper. What if you plant something in your garden? What's going to happen? It's going to grow. Whatever. There's people in here that have a dream or even a desire to start to do something. God will bless it. All you have to do is put your hand to it. Start it. Do it. It's in your heart for a reason. God wants to prosper you. When you get hands laid upon you tonight, step out. Be strong and of a good courage. Well, what if if the business really doesn't work? What if it's just kind of like an idea I had? It doesn't matter. Even if it's an idea you had and you put your hand to it, it's going to work. It's going to prosper. Only be strong. Only be strong and of a good courage. I'm going to do this thing. I know it says I'll prosper, but you know, man, it's kind of hard out there right now. What if people don't come? What if people don't like it? What if I can't find clients? What if I can't do this? What if I can't? Does it say that, Joshua? You say that? Only be strong. Only be of a good courage. It will work for you. I don't care if others have tried it. You have something that they don't have. You have God himself on your side. You have the anointing of Christ abiding on the inside of you. Whatever you put your hand to, it will work. It has to work. It's commanded by God. Even if you don't do it right, you'll have people come up to you, man, how did you do this? Man, you're not even doing what all the experts tell you to do. I don't know. It just worked. It's just working. Because you have something that they won't have. So it's going to work for you. You have to succeed because God said it. He's bound by his word. If he says it, he has to do it. That's powerful. That tells me I can be some Joe Schmo, and I am. I know where I came from. A little farm boy from Plant City, Florida, that flunked school, the worst in his class, repeated the fourth grade, repeated senior year. I'm getting real now. Then didn't even get to graduate the second senior year and walk with everybody else. 
flunked a class again, and then had to walk in the summer. I'm telling you, man, I am the least qualified. But what's different? I'm carrying something. So when you carry something, you go from unqualified to qualified in an instant. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you here? Amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate it therein day and night, that thou mayest observe according to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I have commanded, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. God said, let there be light. He said, be strong and be not afraid. Fear is not allowed to even be an option. God just commanded you. Be not afraid. Be strong. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Say amen if you receive it. Man. This is so important that you receive. Because you change your situation. When you receive, you set your children up for success. You're leaving a legacy for them. You receiving makes it easy for your kids. And it doesn't matter your situation right now. Let me tell you this. God is more powerful and bigger than your situation wherever you are in right now. You say, well, man, you don't see my bank account. You don't see where I come from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My pastor came from one of the poorest regions in the world. Way in the middle of nowhere in Africa. And God has raised him up from obscurity. If you saw the place that he came from, you would laugh. You'd look at him, and you look at the place, you say, unbelievable. I don't believe it. But you have no option because it's right there in front of you. We don't have an excuse. All we have to do is believe and step out, and God will do it for us. It's like Pastor Brian. He started this church. God spoke to him. God sent him here. Started in his living room. He's told me some of the story. Started with nothing. He didn't have this property. They didn't have this building. They didn't have that house. But what happened? He received something, and he stepped out and said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my hand to it. And it it doesn't just have to be ministry. That's what I'm telling you. Not everybody's called to be a minister, but God is calling you to do something, and whatever you do, God's going to prosper it, just like he would for a preacher. Because we're brothers. We're literally, we're children of God. One just stands in the pulpit. You got a pulpit out there. But you'll still prosper. So God spoke to him. He stepped out to do it. Now you see in just, what, 10 years now? 10 years. They've went from some folding chairs in their living room. 
Didn't even have folding chairs. <laughs> Man, I'm just trying to lift you up a little bit. <laughs> we had our old beat-up couch is what we had. Four dining room table chairs and old beat up couch. Hallelujah. That's all you need. That's all you need. An old beat up couch and a couple of table chairs. <laughs> Started with nothing. How would, you, how would you do worship? What would you use for worship? Um, we would, uh, we would basically, okay, I got it. Um, we would, uh, we had a laptop that we had, I think I had it. I think it was a used laptop, and used we, used laptop, and wow. a and a used uh, LCD screen, and it would sit on top of the LCD screen. Yeah. What is that? Bef- yeah, it was before the LED. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and um, it, we, we would sit it up on top of the old piano that was not in tune, and we was not in tune. It wasn't. Yeah, we couldn't play that. So. <laughs> and we had a folding card table from Walmart. And uh, a guy That's would, fancy. I would stand there. Yeah, it was like um, th- if this was the podium, the the piano was here, and there would be right here, right behind me, in front of everybody, there'd be a folding card table from Walmart, and he'd sit here looking at all the people and put the words up on the screen, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's how it would happen. We play music on a boombox wow. that I bought in 1992. In the at the Marine. ninety two, yeah, yeah. I was like, eight, nine. I bought it as a five PX, and and it that's what we would play CDs on. Wow, they had CDs in ninety two. They did. Okay, <laughs> new, newer. They were new. Then. They were. New. <laughs> did you document everything? You got pictures and everything of this? I believe so. Yes. Awesome. Um, Man, I'd like to see some of those. Who would like to see some of those pictures yeah. of where? The church is starting where you're at now. Man, get ready for what... You see how far they are away from that? Get ready for the next 10 years. And then the 10 years after that. And the 10 years after that. And the 10 years after that. But what I'm talking about is legacy. Because he stepped out and did something. Yeah. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Well, he stepped out. Now... What's happening here? You're witnessing with your own eyes. He is creating legacy that is going to be passed to his children and then to their children and their children until the Lord comes. Who knows a little Luke? Amazing kid. I'm going to use him because he's the smallest. There's things in his life and battles that he's never even going to have to face. Because his dad received and already won those battles for him. So he's, there's stuff in Luke's that Pastor Brian's had to deal with that little Luke is never even going to have to deal with. And it's going to be the same with you starting tonight in Jesus' name. Amen? You are going to make it so easy for your children. They're going to look back and, and say, man, I don't even know the stories that you're talking about. I've never even had to deal with that stuff. They don't even they can't even understand because you've put them on a level by your obedience. And it starts with your hunger. Hallelujah. In Mark 5 verse 25 
they keep saying, I've had them do that song right after offering, man, because I love it. I just sit there. Because something happened to me when I received impartation. I'm going to tell you here in a little bit, a little bit of what's happened to me. But when I hear that song, man, I just close my eyes and I'll start singing. It's like, I feel the presence of God. Literally, I feel him with me. He says, I'll be with you whithersoever thou goest. And you can experience that same thing. The impartation is anointing. You receive anointing. Verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things by many physicians. This shows you. You can go from a person walking with a man of God everywhere to a woman that's just been out there by herself, the lowest of the low, been taken advantage of by everybody. It shows you. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. You can receive if you'll only believe. And you can receive tonight. God doesn't want you to wait. He can get it to you tonight. Suffered many things by many physicians and had spent all that she had. So she was broke. So if you're here, you're here and you're broke tonight, guess what? You can receive. You're qualified. Amen? Hallelujah. But once you receive, get ready because you will not be broke. When you walk with the Lord, you will have everything that you need and more. She spent all she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may be touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, something that was in Jesus, left him and went to her. Elijah was taken, and something from Elijah came to Elisha. Moses took his hand, and something from Moses went in to Joshua. Say anointing. Had gone out of him, he turned around, turned him about in the press, and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee. What's thronging? They're grabbing him like a celebrity walking through the mall. Everyone's trying to get close to him. Everyone's touching him. Everyone's reaching out. So everyone was touching him. So the disciples were confused. They're like, uh, bro, everyone's touching you. What kind of question is that? Who touched my clothes? The disciples said unto him, Seest thou the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? They're like getting smart with Jesus. And he looked around, so then he just left him alone. He looked around, looked about around, to see her that had done this thing. 
But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she felt something come into her body. She knew when she received. Amen? She came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Her hunger and desire, it says she pressed through the crowd. Hunger and thirst, craving and stalking. She was craving and stalking Jesus. Craving what he had and stalking him. Crawling on her hands and knees like a lion. Seeking a gazelle. And when she touched and grasped what she was stalking, she was filled to the full. Her hunger and faith helped her receive. That's powerful. Jesus felt the virtue flow out of himself. So the woman didn't just feel it, but Jesus also felt it. One translation says this, and when I'm sitting there, why I reference that song, and I like them to come up and do it again because I close my eyes, and man, that song stirs faith in me. I don't know about you, but I hear that song, I'm like, man, I can't really sing it, so I'm not going to start because I'm going to save your ears. But man, I'm surrounded by you. And man, I just feel, I feel the presence of God that's been with me ever since I've received and hasn't left. Even when I feel like I'm not anointed, if I just start worshiping the Lord, it's there. He's there. He's with me. He's with me. One translation says, the power that surged around him. I'm going to look that up real quick. Can, can you look up for me in the Passion Translation? It says it surged around him, the power. You can go ahead and while Pastor Brian's looking for that, turn over to Acts chapter 5, verse 15. Acts chapter 5. Verse 15. Let me show you. It's not just Jesus that carried something. It didn't leave the earth when Jesus left. It didn't leave the earth when Elisha left. Verse 15. Insomuch that they brought forth sick into the streets... And laid them on beds and couches. These are very sick people. Very, very sick. Laid them, on, laid them on beds and couches that at least, at the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them. There also came a multitude out of the cities round about of Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, filled with devils, tormented, people needing help. And they were healed, every one of them. That shows you that if you're hungry and you believe and you step out, you can receive. Every person in here can leave tonight receiving something from the Lord that you need desperately. It may look like everything's falling apart around you. 
I don't care if everything's falling apart around you. These people had to be carried there. These people were vexed with devils. And they came in contact with a man, not even Jesus now, Peter. He was under Jesus. They came in contact so much that his shadow came over them. And they received instantly. Let me read you what it says with Jesus. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him. This is a powerful translation. For he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, Who touched my clothes? The power that always surged around him had passed through him to someone to be healed. She put a demand on the anointing. And it left Jesus. It had to leave Jesus. He didn't even allow it. She pulled it from him. It always surged around and flowed through him to her to meet her need. Kind of like that water just did with Pastor Brian. <laughs> Got away from it. Hallelujah. Get hungry tonight. You're about to receive something. If you're here and you have a sickness in your body, that thing has to go tonight in Jesus' name. If you need a miracle, get ready. Your miracle is here tonight in Jesus' name. Put a demand on the anointing. Say, why are you reading us so much scripture? Why are you talking so long? Why don't you just go ahead and put that little skinny white hand on my forehead and just say Jesus so I can go ahead and receive it? Because I'm getting you hungry. I'm preaching you hungry. Stirring your faith. It's like I'm taking a big spoon and stirring a pot of gumbo. I've been down in Baton Rouge and oh, shaka maha. They can cook. My favorite food is crawfish etouffee. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Slap your mama. Good. Stir in a pot of gumbo. That's what you have to do with gumbo. You stir it up so it doesn't burn. You stir, stir, stir. Keeps getting hotter and hotter. Hotter and hotter. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm stirring you up. I'm stirring your faith. I'm provoking you to put a demand on the Lord that he do something for you tonight. Because I know how important it is. I've experienced it myself. Pastor Brian's experienced it. How important it is to receive something from heaven. And it changed your destiny. Destinies are changing tonight because you're putting a demand on the anointing. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I felt it in my own life. I feel that impartation that's been passed down from Jesus to Peter to Paul, passed down through the generations, through men and women. Let me be clear. Men and women of God through the ages. Thousands of years. I feel that impartation Peter's shadow I'm going to read you something here Acts chapter 26 
You say, how do you know you feel it? Let me tell you a story. I was just over in Rome. It's in Italy. It's in the province of, it's in the middle of Italy. Capania. A lot of church history is there in Rome. You walk through the Colosseum, they have a cross there now. It's a Christian monument, a Christian landmark. The Pope made it a Christian landmark. It used to be the center of the church for the world. But it wasn't always the center of the church. It was a place of torment. Thousands upon tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of Christians were slaughtered and put to death there. In the Colosseum, the blood would run from Christian martyrs that were slain just for fun for Nero and many others. So I'm walking through these streets, walking through old Rome. Man, it's like you can hear the echo of Peter. You can hear, it's like you could, in the spirit, it's like you could put your ear to a rock. You can hear the echoes of these men that have went before us and carried the flame of fire and passed the torch to the next generation. I'm standing in the middle of the Roman Forum. That's the oldest part of Rome where they did all the business. And there's a tour guide there, and he's, he looks over, and he points at a building. He says, that's where the Senate was, where they did all the rules, made all the laws and everything, judged people. He said, and just to the side of it, underneath, was a prison. And in this prison, you'd go in, it was a dungeon, and then they'd have a pit that would go down about three stories. Water would drip down into it, and prisoners, they would take them, and they would throw them into this pit. A lot of them would die just from the fall to the bottom of the pit. And if they didn't die, they'd throw food down there every once in a while, have to drink the nasty water that dripped down. If they didn't die, it came for their day of execution. They'd raise them up, and then they'd kill them. He said, that's where they held Peter. That's where they held Paul and many others. I'm telling you, for me, it stirs me up. I'm walking through the city. I'm like, Jesus, do it again. You took the most wicked city in the world and turned it around and used that city to literally propel the gospel around the world. It says in a matter of years, it says, those men that turned the world upside down. That's how it talked about them. The men that turned the world upside down have come here also. It doesn't stop with them. God is looking for men and women that will totally yield themselves to him. And he can send you and turn cities and towns and counties and regions and states upside down. To where they come into Albemarle and they say, you know what? If you want to get saved, go over to Albemarle. They'll start making jokes about it. You want to know Jesus? Go down to Albemarle. He's there. Are any of those men and women that are going to turn Albemarle upside down here tonight? Amen. I believe it. But we stayed right by the Pantheon. Took my parents, went on vacation there. 
It was awesome. I haven't spent time with my parents like that in a long time. About 10 years, I just left everything to follow Christ. Left them, left everything. And we're there, and every day we have to walk by this pantheon. And pantheon literally means all gods. Of course, they redeemed it. It's so old that King Agrippa, it was built for King Agrippa. And I'm walking through this, I guess you can say plaza right in front of it, this square in front of this humongous building. They say the architecture, I mean, I know it's probably just a myth, but the architecture is so different on this building. They don't know who built it. They say, the, they say angels built it. That's what they say. So a very, very ancient building. Angels didn't really build it, but you, you catch my drift. Ancient, special building. And on the front of that building, it says, to King Agrippa, on the front of it. And I'm walking by here, by there. Didn't really notice it, but on the last day, I just look up, and it stands out to me. And all of a sudden, something jumped in my spirit. I looked at that, and I'm reading Agrippa. And then, it, a scripture comes alive in my spirit. I'm going to read it to you. That's why I said, I can feel the impartation through history. That's what was jumping in my spirit. 26, 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. But thou showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea. I look like a crazy person. I look like Elisha following Elijah. When you go in this building, you have to be quiet. But all of a sudden, I was so overcome with that impartation on the inside of me, that spirit that's on the inside of me. I started shouting. The cops, there's people, military outside. They guard all of the special places in Rome, got their guns and everything. I didn't care. It's like I went mad. It's like a zeal came over me. I just looked up at that thing. I said, King Agrippa! Everyone looks at me. And I'm in the middle of a public place. I said, I too, at the top of my lungs. I said, I too have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. I too, you too, can fulfill what God has for you. Don't leave here tonight without receiving a touch from him. I was so overcome. I'm telling you, I look like a crazy man. The military, it startled them. My, my parents and wife looked. They said, we thought they were about to come and take you. I, too, have not been disobedient. But I've obeyed what God has told me to do. He's put something on the inside of me for a reason. For a reason. God has something for you to do. That's it. You're getting it. I'm stirring you up. Let me stir you up some more. Elisha's bones were different. I don't feel Elisha's anointing. I don't feel Elijah's anointing. It says when Elisha died, they put him in the tomb. And then the last miracle, because he wanted a double portion, they threw a dead man down into the tomb. He rolled and he touched Elisha's bones. And it says that man came to life. 
But something went into the grave with Elisha. I don't read about a successor. I don't read about it getting passed on. But in Rome, there's the Vatican. It's basically a humongous cemetery is what it is. Beautiful. I mean, one of the most beautiful buildings you ever see. But it's built upon cemeteries, upon cemeteries, upon cemeteries. So you dig through the ground, it's nothing but bones and bones and bones. And right where the altar, because it's shaped in a cross, the building shaped in a cross, right in the center of the cross is their big altar. And if you go straight down underneath that altar, you will find where they buried Peter. And his bones are still there. You can take a tour. So Michaela and I, my wife and I, she had to drive back tonight. So if I look, seem a little more aggressive, that's probably why. <laughs> she made it safe. But we took a tour under this building, and we're down there looking at all these bones, and it's misty. It's kind of, you kind of see some dust in there. It's human remains. So there's a smell that goes with it, just thousands of years of just tombs and finally we get to this area where they got Peter Peter himself the man that stood up and said this is that the man that walked on water the man whose shadow healed people his bones are still there and we got in that room and the Catholic tour guide she said okay everybody go, you can go ahead and just take a, a moment of silence and everything just close your eyes you can pray or whatever pray to his bones whatever you know what I felt? Nothing. You know what I smelt? Mildew. <laughs> Didn't feel a thing. Because there's nothing left in Peter's bones. What did he do? Impart it. Into other men. And that impartation has been passed through history. From man to woman to man to woman. Yeah. All the way down through the ages. I waited in there a little bit longer. I wanted to be alone. Man, this is Peter's bones, you know. They started, they continued the tour. You know what I did? I put my hand on my belly, just like this. And I said, I began to pray in tongues. Brumanaya. And I said these words. I said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And immediately, I felt the presence of God. Was it from Peter's bones? No. It was right here. What did I do? I took that spoon and I started stirring that gumbo. I started stirring my faith. You don't have to get near someone's bones to receive something. You don't have to go lay on somebody's grave. You can receive tonight. Amen? Amen. I'll tell you a couple times I received. And the reason we have the anointing is because God has a job to do. For, we have a job to do. He has a job for you to do. He has something for you to do. That's why you receive it. It's our duty to carry 
I like to put it like this. It's our duty to carry that divine flame that was imparted on the day of Pentecost. That was upon the head of all of the disciples. It's our duty to take that flame and carry that torch to a lost and dying world. To another generation. No one else is alive. It's our job now. We're alive. Peter can't come back and do anything about it. It's up to us. There's going to be new names that they're going to talk about in heaven. And yours is going to be one of them. It's our job to receive that flame. Go ahead and do this. Make a flame above your head. I like to do this. Reinhard Bonnke used to do it. He says, and there was a flame for every name. There's a flame for your name. There's a flame for your head tonight. Hallelujah. I like to bring up Reinhardt because one time he laid hands on me. And I changed instantly. He was doing a tent revival. God spoke to him about America. It's funny. He's speaking to all of these great men and women of God around the world about the United States. God is getting ready to do something in the United States, and he's going to use us. Different men and women from all over this land. He's going to raise up people that you'll look and think, man, how could they have come out of that? People that you'd never think God would use. He's looking for people. He's looking for people. We were at that tent. He put up a tent in Vero Beach. It was their first crusade. He started doing stadiums after that. And I was running tents at the time, going all over the state of Florida. And he comes to the state of Florida with a tent. I go over there. Man, it's the biggest tent I've ever seen. I'm like, man, 5,000 people were under that tent. Amazing. He preaches the gospel. Man, people get saved and answer that altar call. And I'm there, and I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty. I'm like a lion seeking the gazelle. I know what I want. I need that man to put his hands on my head. I need what he has. So I walk up to the front, and I felt to ask a certain guy up there. I said, hey. I said, I'm here all the way from Tampa. I said, I would love, love it just to meet Evangelist Reinhardt. He's from Germany, a German man. God called him out of the middle of Germany. A little bit about him. God sent a missionary, got lost in the woods, went for days, came upon a little town where his dad had a disease, preached, his father was healed, laid hands on this little boy that would sit on the front row. And they would have, he would have visions of a blonde head standing in front of a sea of dark heads. Really. It's strange. They're in Germany. And this is a little boy in the tiniest, poorest village in the middle of nowhere. And God takes that boy and takes him across Africa. He says, God gave him this quote. He says, I see a blood-washed Africa in Jesus' name. And God used that man to spark revival all across Africa. Took him in the darkest places where there was war, 
where men have come in and pillaged the land. God sends a boy to bring hope and life. Now millions and hundreds, I believe it's over 100 million now. They're so count 71 million, but I believe it's higher. That's just cards that people have filled out. 71 million. Through one little poor boy in the middle of nowhere that said, I'll go. I'll do it. But he, st- he went back in the trailer and I asked this guy, I said, hey, is there any way? I got some friends here with me. We go to Bible school over here. I said, we would just love to meet Evangelist Reinhardt. He says, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. Come, come with me, come with me, come with me. They bring us around the back of the tent. I'm just thinking, man, I'll just get to shake his hand. Just say, man, thank you so much, Pastor Evangelist Reinhardt. I said, you touched my heart. They line us up in a row. And he comes out. And the church we're from is called The River. And with his German voice, he used to sing, but him shouting so much of the Crusaders, he's, he spent his voice for the gospel. Now he talks like this. Hallelujah. Doing my best Reinhardt voice. Come to my Jesus and be saved. You'll be saved by the very presence of God. Ah, man. Gives me chills every time I listen to it. They lined us up in a row, and he comes out of the trailer finally. We're standing there. I know he's super busy. Comes out of the trailer. First thing he says, he says, ah, I see that the river is still flowing in Tampa. That's the church. He knew where we were from. And he begins to pray for us, going down the line. And he gets to me. I was the last one. I let everybody go ahead. I said, man, I, said, the, I, I, I read scripture. I said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. I also used my head. I said, man, if I'm last, he can take more time with me. I was right. He put those hands on me. I could barely stand. And he grabs me and pulls me close. He says, you receive the fire of the Holy Ghost now. And then picks me back up and prays for me again. I got a double shot. It pays to serve others, prefer others above yourself sometimes. I got up off the ground and we begin to walk out. Hallelujah. And I just begin talking. I'm crying still. I just started talking, just normal talking. And everybody around me started crying again. Even the people that didn't get to go back there. They said, what are you doing? I began to just speak out of my mouth. I didn't even know I was doing it. Speaking words of knowledge to everyone that was around me. And I knew immediately I just received something. Amen? One touch. I had the honor to travel with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown for several years. Got to watch him flow. I told the testimony the other night about that service when I caught him. Then I got up and everyone was gone and he was sitting on the floor and he laid that hand on my back. My life has never been the same from that moment. I received something. I was honored to get to be around Brother Ted. Of course, I married my wife, Michaela. Her last name used to be Shuttlesworth. Now it's Herbert. Praise God. 
<laughs> but I've got to hang around her family. And in particular, particular, her uncle, Ted Shuttlesworth. He's laid his hands on me, and I've seen a difference. He was ministering at the river one time, and he said it just like this. He said, tonight is your night. Say it after me. Tonight is my night. Just like that. And he looks at me. He said, tonight is your night. Later in the service, he called me out, gave me a word from the Lord. said, miracles and healings are about to start happening in your life. And prayed for me. The next service I went to, I saw my first deaf ears open up. Never seen it before. Immediately. I knew I received something. Just a couple months ago, I was honored. I had the honor again to get to meet another general. His name is Bishop Dag Heward Mills from Ghana, Africa. Man, love that man. Somehow the Lord opened the door for me to go and meet him. At this meeting, and I'm thinking I'm just going to walk in there to that room, shake his hand, maybe get to talk to him for a couple seconds. But I walk in that room and immediately it's like I feel it's like I feel heaven in the room. Jesus said that power that surged around him. He was sitting on the couch and then he had a bunch of other all of his bishops, pastors, head pastors in the United States. It's a big meeting. It's where there were 3,000 of us, and we'd worship and jump, and you could feel the floor of the hotel buckling. They had to make us stop jumping. They say, sit down. And I'm like, sit down? And I'm by myself. The pastor that I was with that the Lord used to open the door wasn't even with me. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm by myself. And all of them are looking at me. Lord Jesus, if you see anything, Lord, I repent. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was intimidating. I sit there. And they just begin to ask me questions. Why are you asking me questions? I want to ask you questions. Then they let me start asking some questions. Man, I, I'm telling you, we were there for like two hours. Like, are you kidding me? I'm just like blown away. I'm like, Lord, how did you do this? I mean, this is such a great honor. And then I just bought his pack of books. God uses him to write books. Seventy books are in this pack. And I ask him, I didn't, even, I didn't even ask for prayer. I said, would you sign one of these books for me? I said, I said which, which book would you recommend? He sits back, and immediately, I'm like, uh-oh. He says, <laughs> he says, you pick a book. I'm like, oh, man. And all of his bishops in there, they go, oh. I was like, man, I'm about to get tested. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. Seventy books. I'm looking through this whole pack, looking. I'm scanning down. I'm scanning down. Barely reading the titles, I'm just dragging my finger, and the Holy Spirit says, stop. I stopped on a book, and I pulled it out. And I pulled that book out, and immediately, all of those bishops, they go, oh. They just started, like, getting happy. And I looked at him. He gave me this nod. Shook his head. I said, thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I just pulled the right book. You know what that book was? The anointing and his anointed I had him sign the book 
And right after he signed the book, he grabs me, doesn't even get off the couch, pulls me to the ground. I'm on my knees, still holding the book. And he puts that big old hand on my head and that big old hand on my back. He's a big guy. You're looking at him. I'm telling you, it's like I can barely palm a basketball. Man, a basketball would look small in his hand. Big man. And he begins to bless me. And it bless me. And bless me. And bless me. And I'm crying. I'm snotting. I'm like getting snot on his shoes. I'm calling, Lord, I know you're touching me, but man, this is like embarrassing. And he blesses me. And blesses me. And blesses me. And blesses me. And I get up and I'm wiping the snot and tears out of my eyes. And I'm so glad because some of his bishops like took pictures. And we're walking down the hallway. I'm carrying the books. I'm like, crying. Like, Jesus. There's a, a wreck. And then, like, man, you're so blessed. You're so blessed. You don't know what just happened. You don't know what just happened. And I'm telling you, <clears throat> I've felt a difference. Every time I get up and minister after that again, I feel it. It's real. But it's for a purpose. Amen? It's for a purpose. And that purpose is the lost, it's for people, it's for others others that's why God touches a man or a woman to ignite them and send them out so he can touch others turn to Acts 4 it's my last scripture and I'm closing we're going to lay hands on everybody that wants prayer tonight Acts chapter 4 verse 13 Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they looked and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They were carrying something. They could look at them. And see, they're acting like Jesus acts. They're doing what Jesus does. That person reminds me of Jesus. He must have been with them. Ignorant and unlearned men. Oh, I am definitely unlearned. I told you my testimony earlier. I'm not dumb, but I didn't do very well in school. That they had been with Jesus and beholding the man which was healed standing there with them. They could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, What shall we do with these men? They're enemies. God will confuse your enemies with what you carry. Your enemies won't even be able to touch you because of what you're going to carry. For that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifested to all of them that dwell in Jerusalem. 
and we cannot deny it. Your enemies won't be able to deny what God is doing through your life. Skip down to verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, all they could do is threaten. Couldn't touch them. They let them go. Finding nothing how they might punish them. Because the people, for all the men, all men glorified God. The whole city glorified God, that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. God will use you to work miracles and will astound your enemies and it will be spread abroad. Your enemies won't be able to stop you. They'll threaten you. They'll bark at you like a little chihuahua, but they won't be able to stop you because of the anointing that you receive from heaven. Amen. Ordinary men. Ordinary men. Anyone can receive this. Are you there? Are you hungry? Are you ready to receive? Amen. All men glorified God for what miracle happened that day. But there's something important. There's a last key I want, I want to tell you. You have, it's for anyone. It's available to anyone. It's there to help you. Anyone can receive it. God wants to use you. It's for others. It's for your blessing as well. But you can't receive it Unless you first get right with Jesus. You have to have a change of heart to be able to access it. Without surrendering your life to the Lord, you have no part from him. You're not able to access the blessing. People could lay hands on your head and you're disobedient to the Lord. Your heart is not for God. You haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Nothing will happen. You'll, be, you'll leave this place the same way that you came. But that's not going to be one person here tonight Amen. under the sound of my voice. So if you're here in the room under the sound of my voice, I want every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. We're going to pray, then we're going to lay hands on everyone. But real quick, before we go any further, before we go back into the giveaways, if you're in this place, even for the first time, I don't even care if you've come this week and you've answered the altar call. You know your heart. Only you know your heart and God knows your heart. If you're in this place and you went home tonight and you laid your head down and you didn't wake up in the morning, you're not 100% sure. You think to yourself, I don't know if I would get in. You don't remember a time where you walked the altar in a church like this and gave your heart to the Lord. And confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You might have been hearing me throughout the week. And you haven't really surrendered your heart yet. You don't know for sure. Tonight is your night. Do not leave this place without receiving this. Even if you don't want hands laid upon you. 
Give your life to Christ. He is coming very soon. For some of us in here, He could come tonight. I know people that haven't made it home after meetings. My pastor waited for 30 minutes one time, giving an altar call. He has an altar full of people, and he waits 30 minutes. And then finally, on one side, a young man walks down, and on the other side of the sanctuary, an older gentleman walks down. And immediately, he felt a release, and he prayed for everyone up there. They came back the next night, and they said, hey, you know, it was ridiculous how long he waited. It was, the pastor was like, okay, man, all right, let's go, let's go. But he felt an urgency in his spirit, and I feel that urgency here tonight, that people's destinies are dependent upon it. The next morning, they told him, they came to him, they said, you remember that young man and that old man that you waited for them to come? He said, yes. He said, both of them died on their way home that night. He said, oh my gosh. He says, did they know each other? Were they riding together? He said, no. They didn't even know each other. They said the young man went home and he was killed in a drive-by shooting. They shot his house. And it was the wrong house. They said the old man went home and fell asleep and didn't wake up in the morning. Had a heart attack in his sleep. Both of them left that service and by the next morning, they stepped into eternity. But not before they knew for sure where they would go. This is a serious thing. God is real and the devil is real. Don't let him keep you in the seat one more second. His desire for you is death and destruction. Don't allow him to torment you anymore. Don't allow Him to lie to you anymore. Jesus loves you, and He's calling you tonight. He's calling every man and woman in here. Come unto Me, all ye that weary and heaven laden, and I will give you rest. You're struggling in here. Give it to the Lord. He'll touch you. He'll change you. Are you coming for prayer? Come. Come. That's revival. Thanks for coming. I'm not, I haven't even told everybody to come up here yet. I'm telling you, God has a special blessing for you. Just stand right here. This used to happen in the old revivals. Before they would get done, people would come. People would just storm the altars. I need Jesus. Like our precious sister here. I'm telling you, she is, her destiny changes tonight. You might be here and you've given your heart to the Lord, but you know you're not 100% with Him. Things keep coming against your life, and they are shipwrecking your faith. It's like sin that you can't get over. It's like you love Jesus, but the sin still has a hold of you. No matter what it is, it could be drink. It could be drugs. It could just be unforgiveness. People have hurt you so bad, and I'm telling you, I've been there, I've been hurt, and I know the hurt, and I know you just want to hold on to it. But the longer you hold on to that, you're the only person it affects. It's like when you hate somebody, and you're wanting them to die, but you're the one drinking the poison. 
Get the poison out tonight. Don't leave here with it. Let God have it. You'll be able to sleep better. Don't let that person that you hate rob you anymore. They're sleep, they're in the way it works. They're at home sleeping fine, not even thinking about you. But you're just, oh my God, if I ever see them in town, I tell you what, I'm just going to bust them. I know what the feeling's like. Let it go. Maybe you're in here and someone abused you. Maybe a family member hurt you in a way that a little girl or a little boy should never be hurt. And you know what I'm talking about. You were taken advantage of and abused by someone you trusted. Let it go tonight. The hidden sins of the heart, the Bible says. You can smile, go to church, know what to say, but there's things in your heart. Lust, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, jealousy. Get it out tonight. Receive peace from God. There's a third call. You're here and you love Jesus, but you're just not sure. And you want to make sure tonight. You say, you know what? I need to make sure. I need to literally, the hammer to the nail, nail it down for sure that I know I'm, make, I'm right with the Lord. I know I'm going to make heaven. Because when the trumpet sounds, when Jesus comes back, or when you wake up in eternity just because you died, death comes to every man and after that, the judgment. Every one of us will stand before God, whether we like it or not, whether we believe or not. Know for sure. Have that confidence. Before you leave this property, don't let the devil keep you in your seat. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you on any of those three calls, like our sister here, so brave and so ready to get right with the Lord, she comes before I even bid you come. If that's you on any of those three calls, no matter who you are, Whatever it is, I might not have even mentioned the thing that's affecting you, but you know you need to get it right. If that's you on any of those things, I'm going to say a prayer with you and for you on the count of three when no one's looking around. If that's you, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Shoot those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's more, there's more. Thank you. Thank you, I see you. You can put your hands down. Now look at me. On this side, you didn't raise your hand a second ago, but you want me to include you in the prayer I'm about to pray. Or maybe I said three, and just something just kept you from raising your hand. You say, nah, but you know you should have raised your hand, and you want me to include you in the prayer I'm going to pray. Say, include me in that prayer. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You're in this section here. You say, I should have raised my hand. You know you should have raised your hand, but something kept you from holding it down. Maybe it's because your friends are here. 
and you know you should have raised your hand, you want me to include you, go ahead and wave your hand to me. Say, include me. Say, Stephen, include me. Anyone. Don't let your friends keep you in your seat. Just because they're here. Anyone? Hey, thank you, buddy. I see you. Anyone else? Say, include me. This section right here. Thank you, ma'am. This section. Just like this brave woman. Anyone else? Say, include me in that prayer. Thank you. Anyone else? Amen. Now, if you're here, you raise your hand for anything. I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet real quick. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Give them a round of applause as they stand. For anything. Come, stand, 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 stand. Amen. Amen. This is a brave thing. Now, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing while they're clapping. I want you to go ahead and meet me down here in the front where our sister is. Go ahead and meet me down here. Amen. Come, come. Don't be ashamed. You can just bunch together real close like we're family. You just come right here behind them. Just come. Amen. Amen. How are you? Amen. You're never going to be the same after tonight. Amen. You won't. Oh, I know. I want to tell you, the Lord is proud of every single one of you. Every single one of you. Taking a stand for him. Jesus says, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. That's why we even do this. That's why we even give the call. So to give you an opportunity to take a stand and say, you know what? I confess Jesus before everyone here. And you know what he does? He looks down and he smiles and he leans over to the father. He says, you got another child today. Man. Go ahead and lift your right hand to heaven. But I feel that there's, there's another that needs to be up here. I don't always tell that testimony. You know you're supposed to be down here. Get down here by the time I'm done praying. Come, don't let the devil keep you in your seat. Where's our little man? Come on, man. Get up here. Give him a round of applause. If you're in here and you know you're supposed to be down here, come by the time I'm done praying. Get down here. This is serious. Man, I like your sweater. What's your name? Cohen. Cohen? Mm. Nice to meet you, Cohen. How old are you? Seven. Seven years old. Wow. Man, that's how old you were. That's how old Pastor Brian was when he made the decision. See Pastor Brian over there? He was seven when he did what you're doing today. That's cool, huh? Amen. Just raise your right hands to the Lord. If that's you, get down here. I'm going to give you the words to say. One prayer fits all. It doesn't matter what you come up here for. One prayer fits all. Just say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight 
in the precious name of your son Jesus. And I ask you to wash me and cleanse me in his blood and set me free. God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on the cross and shedding your blood and raising on the third day. I believe God raised you from the dead and you're coming back again from me. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a hunger for you. Give me a passion for the things of you. For your work in the earth. Right now, by faith, in the finished work of the cross, in the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. I am forgiven. I am free. And I forgive everyone that's hurt me. And right now, I know I'm saved. I am a child of God. And I am for sure, I am on my way to heaven. Because Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Amen. 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 Go ahead and give the Lord a round of applause. Amen. Thank you for coming and allowing me to pray with you. It's the biggest honor I have in ministry of leading someone to the Lord. And right now, everything changes. doesn't matter if you've come up here before. Everything changes now. And this is the best part of my job. Cohen, this is the best part of my job. I get to tell you tonight, everyone up here, all of your sins are forgiven right now. That's cool. All your sins are forgiven you now. Amen. And welcome to the family of God. Now you have a brand new brother. You got a, a farm boy from Plant City, Florida is your brother. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. I'm excited for you because I know what's getting ready to happen in your life. Amen. No matter what situation you come from. Everything changes tonight. It says he takes out your old heart and gives you a brand new heart. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands. I'm going to say a prayer for you real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, everyone that's up here, be blessed in Jesus' name. I take authority over every addiction, every attack of the enemy, and I break it now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Father, I ask you that you seal these tonight by your blood and by your spirit. That not one will be missing when we get to heaven. But we will all be there rejoicing for all of eternity. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, shout amen. 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 Man, this is so special tonight. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. We're going to ask you to go to your seats, and then we're going to get ready. We're going to lay hands on everybody. Amen.
So don't go anywhere. I want you to come back up here. Let me pray for you again, okay? All right, go ahead and give them a round of applause as they go back to their seats. What, what's your name? Quena. What is it? Quena. Nice to meet you. I'm telling you, God really has something for you. Now. I'm yeah. turning and face the people. Look at this smile. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can see it all over her face. Man, the Lord really touched you tonight, huh? Yes. What is he doing for you? Um, keeping me sheltered. Keeping you sheltered. Wow. That is an amazing way to put it. Because that's exactly what happens. It says that he comes and he covers us. It says we hide underneath the shadow of the Most High. Amen. He's our rock and our fortress. A strong tower that we run into and we're saved. That's the perfect way to describe it. Amen. I love you. I'm so glad you came. Thank you. Amen. Give her a round of applause as she goes back to her seat. Man. Hallelujah. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. Because there's people that need Jesus. This thing is real. It's real. People are hurting. People are waiting. Doesn't matter what we have to do. We can't wait. We have to go. What if there's people tonight in Albemarle that won't see the sun come up tomorrow? I know it as a fact. There's a thing called the death clock you can watch. And literally, this fast, someone around the world, literally this fast, every time I snap my fingers, someone around the world just passed into eternity, just died from some disease they've been fighting, from some accident, maybe of old age, maybe murder, something, some reason, something cause, causes a person to die this fast. It's actually, I think it's a little bit faster if you watch the actual clock. And they track it. But just think about the beginning of service. How many times I could have snapped my finger. Just tonight, how many people have already slipped into eternity. You know what I think about? How many of them knew Jesus? How many of them no longer have an opportunity to be saved? They no longer have an opportunity to call on Jesus. but there's still people left that we can go and reach. There's someone that God has specifically designed for you to reach that I could never reach. They would never come to a service like this. They wouldn't sit here as long as you crazy people and listen to me talk. But they'll listen to you because they know you and they trust you. And you could pray with them. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. Pastor Brian and I, we're going to anoint you with oil. But before we do that on this last night, if you're here and you hear the call going out of Jesus saying, take up that torch. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not just for preachers. You hear the cry. It's like you can hear the cry of the hurting people that are sitting in Albemarle right now, 
crying in their room, addicted to drugs, about to shoot up with heroin again, hopeless, lost, broken. It's like you can hear that inside your heart. And you want to tell the Lord, Lord, tonight I commit to you. I'll go and tell someone that I know. I'll tell someone that I know what you did for me. And if that's you in this place and you commit to do that, I want you to meet me here at this altar quickly. Just go ahead and come. Go ahead and come. Go ahead and come. Just fill this altar. Go ahead and come. You're not committing to come to this church. You're committing to say, Jesus, I'll tell someone about you. You're committing to say, you know what? I'll tell somebody in Albemarle about you. Come. There's more. It should be all of us. It should be all of us. If you heard that message, it should be all of us. From the oldest to the youngest, you should be up here. We'll wait. If you feel like there's a series tonight, it's because there is. Because there's not much time left. Jesus is coming soon. He has a work for us to do. He loves you so much that he sent someone to you. And he's calling you to go to someone. more coming. Oh, we can wait. And while you're standing, I want you to just lift your right hand. This isn't an altar call for salvation. This is something else. This is a call to consecration. That you would consecrate your life for the use of our Lord and Savior. No matter what you do, you say, Lord, You can use me. I give you permission tonight here at Boomerang Church in the front of everybody else. I give you permission to use my life for others. And with your hands raised, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Say it with your heart. Like Pastor Brian says, he's watching. He sees and he hears. He's not some God way far off. He is close. Closer than a brother. Say this with your heart. Say, Heavenly Father. Father, Thank you that you are my Lord. You are my my God. God. Jesus is my brother. brother. And my King. And my my Savior. Savior. Tonight, Tonight, I stand here. Before heaven and before the earth. And I give you my life. I give you my plans. I give you my future. I give you my family. Not my will, but yours be done. In my life. Use me for your glory. Send me to the hurting. Send me 
to the broken. Bring people across my path that I can tell about you, about your son. Use my hands. Use my lips. Use my feet. I'll go. I answer the call tonight. I've heard you. And me standing here is a sign to you that I've answered. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. Not my will, but thine be done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You put your hands down. Amen. The Lord hears you tonight. He wants me to tell you that he heard your prayer. And get ready. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. You may still be standing here and thinking to yourself, can he really use me? Yes, he can. But let me tell you a story real quick. There was a preacher. He was a missionary from Canada. And he goes way up in the tundra in Canada where the Eskimos live, where the polar bears are, where there's no more trees. It's flat in the Arctic. And he goes to villages out there and preaches to them about Jesus. He was playing with Google Earth. And he was over Russia looking on that side because he's over in Canada. He's just checking it out because it's cool. I do it sometimes. You can spy on your neighbors that way. You can see if they got a new boat or anything. But he was zooming in way in the middle of the tundra in Russia. And all of a sudden, he kind of sees something. He zooms in and zooms in and zooms in and zooms in until he gets as close as you can get. And he sees a little village. And all of a sudden, he feels something in his heart. It's like his heart just came alive. He says, man, I have to go there. I, I literally, I have to go there now. So he tells his wife, says, honey, I don't know why, but we got to go here. I found a village. He's excited. He's like, man, I got to get there. I got to get there. So he starts working everything out. And it's not easy to get to the middle of the tundra in Russia. So he finds an old German tank. Actually, an old Russian tank from World War II. And he rents that thing, lets a guy, lets him use it. There's no shells or anything in there. It's just the tank because it can go over the terrain. Puts his wife in there, brings an interpreter along, and he starts his journey. If you know anything about tanks, they don't move very fast at all. And it was cold. It was getting close to winter. There's a scripture in the Bible where their call went out for someone to come. It says, come before winter. He felt that. That scripture came to him. He says, I have to go now. Gets the tank and start go, starts going. They, it takes them days and days. I think it take them, took them like a week to get there. A week. And this is already after traveling, going up as far as you can by plane, and then have to take a tank further. They get to this little village. They, they get out, and it's not comfortable either. 
those seats are not cushioned and there's no heat in that cold iron tank. His wife loves him very much. <laughs> they finally get to the village. They get out. The chief comes out from the village and meets them. They figure out the language with the interpreter and then they begin to talk to the chief and he starts to tell them about the God that sent his son. He starts to tell them about Jesus. He starts to preach the gospel. And the chief just keeps interrupting him, saying the same thing. Of course, he didn't know what he was saying, but just kept interrupting him, saying the same thing, saying the same thing. And finally, he just stops. He's like, okay, this guy, he says, what's wrong with him? Is he mad we're here? He says, what is he saying? And the translator tells him, he says, he keeps saying the same thing. He says, what is it? He says, what took you so long? What took you so long? The chief kept repeating, what took you so long? He says, what does he mean? What took us so long? He says, I got here as fast as I could. I just found you guys like a couple months ago. You're like rebuking me. And I just like took a, rented a tank, spent my money to come here. He says, what does he mean? He tells the interpreter. He says, me and my elders, we got together and we counseled each other. We decided we knew that there was a God says we could look up and look at creation and we knew that there was a God but we didn't know who he was and what his name was. So I would take my tribe every night now for years and we go out to the edge of my village and we look up at the stars and we say the same thing. We cry to the stars because we know he's out there. If you're out there Send someone. The whole tribe would yell. If you're out there, send someone. So he says, we've been calling out for God to send someone for years. What took you so long? He says, I just heard. I just heard. A man across the world. Wouldn't there be someone closer that God might have been crying out to to go? That could have gotten there sooner? Yes. But they didn't hear. Or maybe they heard and they decided, I'm not going to go. What you're hearing tonight is the cry of the lost. Calling for someone calling for someone to come and tell them about the God that sent his son. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you real quick, and then what we're going to do, we're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to lay hands on every person that wants prayer. We're going to line you up around the building, or you want to just line them up in a line and lay hands on them. I think we'll just line you up in a line. So we'll keep everybody that's up here to be the easiest. We'll push some of the chairs back and we'll make a second line. If we need to make a third line, we can take you back behind the chairs back there. The ushers, you guys know what to do. I'm going to pray for you real quick before anyone moves. Father, in the name of Jesus, just like I answered the call and you sent me, I ask you, every person here, 
answering the call to go. Give them an opportunity by the end of the week to lead someone to you. Bring someone across their path. Put someone on their heart that they know could be a brother, could be a family member, could be a neighbor, a coworker, someone they run into at the store, a waitress. Put someone on their heart that they could tell about the God that sent His Son. That they could tell about Jesus and how He loves them and how He can save them and how God loves them and wants them to spend eternity in heaven forever. And how He can help them in their situation and what they're in. I thank you that you've heard my prayer and that you answer speedily in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now just go ahead and... St- Let's everybody on the front row just get shoulder to shoulder and put your toes up against the front of the altar. There you go. Get shoulder to shoulder. Fill in all the gaps. We'll start with Danny. I know he's got to leave. And then the second row. Yep. Fill in shoulder to shoulder all the way. The second row step back at least about six feet. Uh, ushers help them get six feet back. Yep. And... When you receive, when hands are laid on you, give them your instructions on what to receive. When hands are laid on you, receive everything that God has for you. Whatever you need, whether it be healing, whether it be deliverance, whether it be an impartation that changes your life forever, that takes you to another level, whether it be the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, the moment, Use it as a point of contact. Amen? Because God is going to meet you right where you're at. Whatever you need. The moment we lay hands on you, believe that you receive it. Yeah. Don't worry about falling down. Don't worry about crying. Don't worry about whatever. Just let the Lord touch you. Whatever he wants to do. I always tell the Lord this. Lord, whatever you want to do in my heart, I open myself up to you now. I receive everything that heaven has for me. And you can just go ahead and just begin to lift your hands. Lift your hands. You can go ahead and talk to the Lord. Just go ahead and begin to pray. And the moment we pray for you, receive everything God has for you. Yes, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Be fit.
Father. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So Tanakini, Hana Karamoso Broma. Just get lift your hands, just get ready to receive. Take it a water in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Wholeness. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. A mighty woman of God. Yes. You shall be. Now, if you were helping and you wanted prayer, but you were helping catch, things like that, go ahead and line up. Anybody in the back, camera, whatever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, even in his quiet Yeah, thank you, Father. Fill him. Give him an encounter with you. Thank you, Father. 
pero como Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, pray, Pamanak. Bambala Kobastia. Hey, hey, hey. In the name of Jesus. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Let it stir. Papakani. Fire of God. Fruma atilo. Haklokolono kirkist. Tanamestem. Panamete glauno. Glauno kirkirkist. Ruhumatalokomase. Yeah, glory. Glory, glory, glory. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, 
Thank you, Lord. Can I make a look at the most? Tell the most of the most of the most Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Seal it now. Seal it now. No options. Fire of God, burn fresh, burn fresh. Stoke the coals, Lord, in Jesus' name. Fresh fire. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord's touching people. That was special. Write it down. Do not doubt the Lord. Do 
Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you hear my prayers and you answer my prayers. Use them in Jesus' name. Be filled. Be anointed now. Hallelujah. Did we get everybody? Is that everybody that desires prayer? Amen. In the name of Jesus. Once or twice. Once or twice. In the name of Jesus. It says in old age, they shall bear much fruit. But you're not that old. You have many, many more years. Be fruitful now in Jesus' name. Be fruitful. <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed tonight? Amen. We don't have to get off the floor. And if you're on the floor, just receive. Don't be in a rush. God calls so many times and he waits for you to answer but then there comes a day where he has to move on and find someone else that will answer his call don't let the Lord pass you by you coming here tonight shows him that you are answering his call. Now all you have to do, it's simple. I said it on the broadcast today. If you want to show God that you love him, his love language is obedience. All you have to do now, it's like a person. Pastor Brian said it, and many other men of God have said it, because the Lord reveals things to his prophets. The heart of God is souls. His heart is souls. 
Bishop Dagg says it like this. He says he had a vision one time. He was a doctor before he entered the ministry. The Lord showed him the vision of a beating heart, a bloody red heart. And he knew what it was because he'd been in the medical industry. He said, that's a heart. He says, Lord, what is this? He says, that's my heart. He says, yes, sir, I know you. I know that's your heart. He says, what's your heart? He says, my heart is souls. My heart is souls. Other people. Other people. The Lord will cause you to be fruitful if you'll obey. But the heart, he says his heart is souls. On a person, there's places that are more tender and softer than others. I'm showing you a key right now. How to touch the soft places of God. How to touch the tender places of God. How to touch God's heart is if you become a soul winner. Every believer is called to be a soul winner. Amen? At different levels. You might not lead a bunch of different, like thousands of people to the Lord. It's not about that. It's about you just being obedient to what he tells you to do. And then when he tells you to do something, just do it. When you're obedient, you touch the heart of God. Amen? And there's special things that happen for fruitful people. The Bible says a branch that is unfruitful is cut down and thrown in the fire. I grew up as a citrus farmer. Every year, once a year, we took a big machine and we pruned every tree in our grove. Every tree got cut. We cut all of the branches. And what happens when you cut the branches of a tree, when you purge a tree, you, it allows it to bring forth more fruit. It cuts off the useless branches and allows new growth to come forth. Like an apple tree. If you, if you have an apple tree and you want it to produce more fruit, what you're actually supposed to do is grab you a baseball bat and go and beat the tree violently. There's a purging. And you know what happens the next year? The tree will flush out. Double the size double what it normally would, and will produce double the fruit because it had a purging. It had a pruning that happened. Useless parts of it were taken away. The Lord does that to our lives with activities that we get involved in, things that don't matter in eternity. Eternity matters. Eternity is real. Eternity is way longer than this earth. We have to live our lives eternity-minded. Because if you live your life earthly-minded, you'll lose out in eternity. God is connecting people to eternity tonight. He's like connecting you to it. But something else that we would do in the, the groves is there's sick trees and there's good trees. Trees that produce fruit and trees that didn't produce any fruit. We were patient with the trees. We would water them, water every tree. We would put out fertilizer. We'd put out herbicide. We'd put out pesticide on every single tree. Then after a couple years, we see a tree that's not receiving the water, that's not receiving the food, that's not changing. It's allowed 
parasites to get in the tree and affect it. Kind of like the parasites we allow to get in our own heart. They affect the whole tree and cause it to become fruitless. And there's some parasites, we call it greening. It affects the fruit. It doesn't kill the tree, but it chokes the, chokes the tree and makes the fruit that it was producing never ripen. So the effort that the tree, it, the tree puts forth so much effort to produce fruit, and then the fruit stay hard and dry and never ripen. So it works really hard, works really hard, does everything that the other tree does, but it doesn't get to produce the fruit because it's robbed of the parasite that's in the tree. So after so long, when those trees don't produce fruit, and we see that they're not changing, they're just not changing, they're not receiving the water, they're not receiving the food that, and the care that we're giving the tree, we take a big tractor and we come in and we cut the tree off at the base. Take the tree and pile all the dead ones and all the fruitless trees together and we burn them. It's the same in the kingdom of God. Jesus always used parables. When Michaela and I first started dating, she would actually make fun of me a lot because a lot of times when we start talking about the things of God, I would just use parables like I'm telling you now about the orange trees to describe the kingdom of God. It's the same way. Jesus actually talks about trees. He actually used a similar parable. His parable reminded me of his, or his parable reminded me of what I was doing. And we burn those trees, and those trees burn hot. They're actually filled with oil, which water represents the word of God. Fertilizer represents food which is also a representation of the word of God. And the trees, the citrus trees, they're filled with oil, which is a representation in the Bible of the Holy Spirit. So the trees had everything that they needed, but they allowed things in that did not belong. Parasites got in, and it affected the whole tree, and it took the tree out. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. The little foxes the vine. Let me tell you what that means. They have, if you've never been to a vineyard, they're big wine grapes. They're big, how grapes grow, they grow on a vine. Right out of the ground, a big vine comes up. They'll string the vine out so it can stretch long. But the little foxes that spoil the vine means this. When they're little foxes, they start teething. Teeth start breaking through. So they're a young fox. They're getting their teeth just like you guys. You got some new teeth coming in yet? Have you lost any teeth yet? You've lost a lot and you've got some new ones, right? You got some teeth already growing in? So like the little foxes, teeth come in and they irritate the fox's mouth. So what they'll do to get relief is they'll go and they'll find soft bark. And then what they'll do is they'll chew the bottom of these grapevines. They'll gnaw on them to help break the teeth through, to help get relief from the teeth breaking through. And they gnaw all the bark off the bottom of the vine. It doesn't kill the vine. It doesn't even affect the fruit. It doesn't touch the top of the vine. But you know what it does? 
it actually makes the vine to become fruitless because it's wounded at the base. This small little wound causes the vine to take all of its attention and send all of its resources to fix that one thing where the bark was gnawed off, the exposed part. And what the vine does because of that little thing, that little fox, it has to drop off every grape that it had. So because of the little fox, that big strong vine that was full of grapes becomes fruitless overnight. The little things, it's the little things we have to watch out for. The devil is like a lion. He's not a lion. He walks around looking for those he can devour. Looking for those that are not connected. That's why you might have heard me several times this week ask you, like, hey, have you been looking for a church home? And a lot of people say, yeah, I really have been. Because you can tell those people, well, they say, yeah, I have been. They've, they've, they're feeling God speak to their heart. Get connected, get connected, get connected, get connected. Because the Lord knows what happens when you're alone. When you're by yourself, you don't have friends and brothers to help fight and stand around you. When the winds of adversity flow, blow, when trials and tribulations of this life happen. Now, I'm not telling you that everything is going to be exactly perfect as a Christian. No, you still have a fleshly body that eventually one day will die. We live in an unperfect world, surrounded by imperfect people. The Bible says you will have trials and tribulations, but Jesus says, don't worry. He says he's overcome the world already. He gives us the spirit of victory, the spirit of faith that overcomes the world. He says we overcome the world, even our faith. How do you get that? How do you receive faith? By the hearing of the word of God. By connect, being connected to a church home and a church family. Plugging in somewhere where you can have a pastor like the men of God that are in this room. That love you. That take time and pray and hear from the Lord to deliver what God is saying to his church every week. It's important that you stay plugged into a church. This is a church on fire. His is a church on fire. Stay plugged in. That's how God can make you grow. Jesus said this in John 15. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, abide in me, connected, fully connected. He also, he brings back that vine reference again. A vine has many branches, and on the branches grow the fruit. But if you cut off that branch, it can't pull life and food and sustenance from the vine anymore because it's cut off. So it will slowly wither and die. That's what happens when Christians don't stay connected and plugged into a local church. God designed it this way for a reason. It's not so you can have somewhere just to, to give your money and stuff like that. No, that's not what it's about. It's a blessing to you to stay plugged into a local church. It's protection for you to stay plugged into a local church. Something might happen in your life and you don't know what to do about it. And God can speak to one of these men. Divine wisdom from heaven. 
concerning your situation. And instead of you having to go home and sweat and lose sleep all, all overnight, it can be easy. Obedience is the love language of God. Obedience is the love language of God. Obedience is the love language of God. Amen. Amen. You say, what are you doing right now? I'm just encouraging you. I'm leaving tomorrow, so I won't see you for a while. Stay connected. Stay plugged in. There is a devil. He's a liar. He'll try and get you not to go to church. You have a flesh. You are a spirit, and you have a soul. You're a three-part being, just like God. Your flesh will want to take over. Ah, oh, I'm so tired. I really don't feel like going to church this morning. I'm just going to lay here. I've been working hard. Forget it. It's just going to be a normal Sunday morning. No. You have to take control over your flesh. You have to tell your flesh what to do. My dean put it like this. He says, the flesh is a pig. The flesh only really desires and wants three things. Sleep means it wants to sit down, lay around, it wants to be lazy, it wants to eat, and it wants to mate. It's corrupt. It's a pig. We have to take control over it. We cannot be successful Christians if we let this body tell us what to do. No cooking. No. I've already had five. No. I know what it's like when you get a box of Oreos. One night. Those little three sleeves in there don't last long. Especially the dark chocolate Oreos. Yeah. But that's the number one thing killing the church. Sugar. Eating too much sugar. A lot of our problems that we're having are self-inflicted. Because we allow our flesh to control us. Luke, sometimes you get mad, right? Sometimes things irritate you. They make you mad sometimes. Um, sometimes, um, like, um, so say I was typing on a computer, and, uh, um, I pressed the right thing, but wasn't working and said I did it wrong. That would irritate me. You get frustrated with that computer, right? So would it be right if you just let that frustration come and you just slammed the computer and broke it? No? That wouldn't be good, would it? 
No. <laughs> you would actually have something bad happen from doing that, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> then you'd have to get a new computer, right? Yes, sir. So it's better to control those emotions so we don't get ourselves in trouble, right? Yes, sir. Right. Out of the mouth of babes. That's exactly right. It's that simple. But I know just like you, it says all men, we're subject to like temptations. We have the same flesh. But how do we conquer it? We build our spirit up. How do you do that? Read the word. Pray. Get in church. Get in church. Discipline yourself. Body, you are doing what I tell you to do. There's men and women in here. You used to not be able to get up when that alarm went off. But you need that job, and you got to get there because you need the money. So you make yourself do it. Amen? Amen. It's the same. You have to make your flesh serve the Lord. Amen? One day you'll get a brand new body. But don't let the little things, don't let this thing right here keep you from missing out on what God has for you. We got soul winning coming up. Got a prayer meeting in the morning. Got a prayer meeting at night. All sorts of different things. Ah, I'm not going to that. I don't feel like it, but your heart says, you need to go. I really don't want to. I'll be okay. They're not going to miss me. They're doing good. It's not for them. It's for you. Amen? Amen. I want you blessed. And I'll tell you this. By the time I come back next time, I expect you to be on a different level than where you are now. This is what I want to end everything with. Where you are now, where you start, is not where you're going to finish. Be encouraged. You might be in a situation right now. You might have just started serving the Lord again. Where you're at right now is not where you're going to be in a few months. You're not going to finish where you're at. The Lord is going to move in your life and move you from that place into what he's planned for you. Amen? Amen. Be encouraged. Be strong. Amen? Amen. I love you.